Welcome back to Love, Life, and Legacy, the podcast dedicated to helping you navigate these hypersexualized times. You know what? When I do that intro now, I don't even think about the words because I've said it so many times. It's ingrained in my mind, which is a great segue into the fact that today's episode is all about mental freedom. And when we ingrain the good things in our mind, then we can autopilot life in a very high level kind of way. Otherwise, we're automatically reliving the same dysfunction every day and things are chaotic. Today is all about mental freedom and how if you can find yourself mental clarity and that you can declutter your mind, life will get so much simpler. And in the future, in the not so distant future, this will be the most important skill ever because a person with a chaotic mind makes bad decisions. And if life around us is chaotic, which it seems to be in this day and age, and we get caught up in that chaos, then everything just starts to fall apart and it's so stressful. But if we can be a beacon of hope amongst the chaos, then we can be support to others. We can make rational decisions in irrational times and we'll get out of this unscathed. We will be okay. So. Today is all about mental freedom. I think it's really, 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 really important. And I think you should too. And that's why you should listen to this. So let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody. Hey, everyone. It's good to have you back. Chronology is a funny thing, but Benji and I, this is our first recording since the European tour. Europe, yeah. And I've got to say, Benji's a lot more sophisticated since we went to Europe. You think so? <laughs> yeah, before he was just kind of like at the level of Cro-Magnon in terms of his cultural awareness and his decorum. But now he's a fancy guy, Amazing. thanks to Europe. Yeah. yeah, that's it. After our first event, you went to Italy, right? Yeah. How was that? You were there like to just plug into the Italian fancy spirit or what? Well, I wanted to be alone to just like reflect and kind of take a step back to take a few steps forward, so to speak. And I realized as soon as I got to the Airbnb in Amalfi, which is like Western coast, like the beautiful coast you see in the postcards and online, I realized as soon as I sat down with like my notebook, I was like, man, this sucks. <laughs> it's so lonely to be alone and traveling. Yeah. And I didn't realize, my biggest realization probably was it's much nicer to be anywhere with people than alone in the fanciest part of the world. And I didn't notice that because I'm always with like my wife and with kids. And then as soon as I removed those loved ones in my life, it's like, man, this sucks. Being alone is terrible. And it's actually, a, it occurred to me that it's a very unnatural state to be alone. Because the natural state of, I think, how God created us is that we are, we're designed to be constantly in connection, like a constant stream of, like, as we experience things, it's dealt with. Does that make sense? It's like, as I experience stress or anger or sadness or loneliness, it's, dealt with like in relation with people and i know that at home with i'm around kids or my wife if i'm stressed it's noticed like someone will notice it or it'll come out in some way and then it's dealt with immediately or like my wife is like hey what's up something's wrong right or my wife is having a bad day it's like it's addressed but when you're alone it's much much easier significantly easier to not deal with it you know what i'm saying because there's easy there's like a million easy ways to escape those emotions and those feelings so anyways, that was like a valuable takeaway I had is that there's supposed to be a constant stream of connection in our lives, like always constantly. And that's the natural state that humans are supposed to be in. But because of 
phones, internet, escapism, all the things that we like to squash emotions with, it's easier to not be in connection. Yeah. I just yeah, downloaded gotta... like an entire weeks of reflection onto you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You didn't answer the question. <laughs> I think you and I both realize that we just don't have the opportunity to kind of walk and be tourists or just kind of hang out by ourselves as single guys. And I did it for an entire month and the entire time, anytime I saw something cool, I'd look over mm -hmm. my shoulder and try to tell my wife something, but she wasn't there. So it is a weird experience because it is good for people to enjoy time by themselves. I think it's really productive. This idea of not wanting to escape, part of that is like not wanting to escape being alone with yourself. I think that's a skill that you should learn in your late teens, early 20s, like going to, I don't know, concerts. I used to go to comedy shows all the time by myself because there's this tendency to want to prove that you have friends or that you're not alone, but just to kind of be confident enough to be yourself mm -hmm. is like a great skill. It's the idea of like the stages of like going from dependent to independent to interdependent. Like mm -hmm. I would be okay without you, but I choose to be with you. And I do agree that at the end of the day, it's always better to enjoy stuff with other people. But I do think it is a useful skill. I tried to maximize my time by myself, but it definitely somehow, this is the crazy thing that we're dealing with as a society. Like people are told that kids are really inconvenient. Like when you go on trips and stuff, it's stressful because it is definitely more stressful, especially with little kids because they don't know how to deal with life. <laughs> like when you change time zones and stuff, we get cranky and we get tired, but we kind of hold it in and we deal with it. Little kids, they just freak out because they don't know how to temper their emotions, right? So yes, it is inconvenient, but at the same time, worth every second of it. Because yeah, like you said, you could be in a, I was in some really beautiful places, some fancy places, eating some delicious food. And it was not nearly as much fun as the chaos that comes with family. It's just more, I don't know, earthy and natural. And yeah, so anyway, for any of you out there who wonder, is life gonna suck if I have kids? No, it's gonna be inconvenient at times, but your enjoyment level amplifies by yeah. magnitudes untold. So don't worry about it. But anyway, yeah, so we just traveled Europe. We're back now. And today we wanted to talk a little bit about the importance, how important it is in this day and age, kind of like you were talking about, of having mental freedom, meaning to be the true owner of your thoughts and your feelings and to be the one in charge, how that benefits you in every area of life and how porn is such a great starting point for that, right? Because if you can do that, then there's nothing that you can't do. But it's kind of like the big boulder that you got to move to get to the other boulders, right? So when people go on this journey, they think it's about getting rid of an addiction, but it's much more about being intentional with every aspect of your life, right? Which is like, again, inconvenient, not fun, right? To be like, ah, I don't want to have to think about how much I use my phone or where I go on my phone or when I go on my phone. Cause it's like, that means you have to be conscious, <laughs> right? Yep. It's much easier, I guess, in the short term to be unconscious, but the price you pay is you don't have control over yourself. Let's get down to earth. Is there any area of your life right now, Benji, where you feel like you don't have control over yourself? I was just thinking about it this morning and oh. it <laughs> slipped my mind just now. <laughs> He's thinking. Yeah. If you could start us off, it might get me jolt my memory. 
That's right. your memory. Well, when we were traveling, I noticed how hard it was to get into the rhythm of exercises. So I definitely gained a few LBs, as they say, a couple mm. pounds around the waist from all the various cappuccinos and all the bread. Europe is all about bread. I feel like there's some bread mafia that just inserts bread. Like they force you to have bread because yeah. it just appears everywhere. But once you're out of sync with the rhythm that you have, like when you have your own apartment or a house, you have your own life, you have your daily routines, mm. there, it's, the downside is you become very unconscious of life. And that's dangerous. But the good thing is you can develop some routines that are really beneficial, right? You can get into a good workout regimen, food regimen. You shop at similar places, so it's easier. When you're traveling, it's a lot trickier because you eat in a different place all the time. You sleep in different beds all the time. So it's hard to maintain a strong regimen. So I felt a little bit out of control. And I was wrestling, like I did start jogging to do something, but it was definitely not sufficient to maintain the standard of health that I'm used to. Yeah. And it was a little rough because I got sick also the first week that we were in Europe. I had stomach issues. So that felt not so great. I just recently bought this course. It's kind of like biohacking exercise regimen to get me back on like a fixed routine for my fitness. Because that's, unless you have something that you've been doing for years, it's easy to kind of like flounder, like, oh, I don't know, I'll go to YouTube and I'll watch some video on how to do some certain kind of exercise or whatever. Like, I need a regimen. Yeah. So I can notice my body, even today, when I was setting up for the podcast, my wrist is hurting, my knees are hurting. Mm. I'm at the age where if, you like, if you're not super intentional about taking care of your body, I've done enough damage to my body from skateboarding and stuff that if I don't stretch, my body really hurts. And if I don't work out, this is crazy. If you don't work out, your body starts to break down and you don't notice it. But like, if I'm not working out my core muscles, then my back starts to hurt, my lower back. Because sitting, sedentary life, all this stuff. So like keeping in shape helps me to not only get out of shape, but to not like go into this weird state of pain. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So mentally when you're, I mean, yeah, externally speaking, it's harder to have a regimen when you're traveling. Do you find that mentally it's harder as well? Yeah, absolutely. But so I've been doing this off and on for a while. And the fact is we haven't traveled like that in years. So I didn't have everything set up, but I had vitamins all set up. I bought new shoes, which ended up being bad shoes <laughs> for what I needed. I had a lot set up, but it started to wear on me mentally. So that's why I'd get to a certain point where I'd have to do something. So I just run. I hate running. It's bad for my, my body doesn't like it, but I had to do something. So even if my knees had to suffer, I had to just physically do something. And that was the best that I could figure out, if that makes sense. Because otherwise, if I completely stop working out, I get really sluggish. My brain stops computing well. And I get a little bit, yeah, I don't know. I just start to feel down a little bit. There's a lot of upside to exercise. Gotcha. Yeah, dude, I feel you, man. Yeah, that was hard traveling for sure. I ate schnitzels. I think every day my when God. we were traveling with my wife. Were you suicidal? <laughs> so schnitzel is like a, it's basically tonkatsu. Like, I'm sorry, it is. It's basically tonkatsu. It's like the, we had in Germany, Austria. My wife and I were in Austria for several days after the workshop with our baby. And every, and I didn't mean to, but every time I saw a schnitzel burger stand, I bought a schnitzel burger. 
What do you need to mean to? Every, well, it's not like I was looking for them. <laughs> but every time I saw it, I was like, I want a schnitzel burger. So anyways, I kind of gave me, myself the grace. And then we got back and Hitoe actually lost two pounds while we were traveling. And I was like, what? <laughs> How did she do that? It's, it's insane. And it's just because she, we walked a lot, but she just has a lot of control over how much she eats. Like she just doesn't want more than she needs or desires, right? Whereas I'm like, I don't even start eating popcorn because I know I eat the whole bag. Does that make sense? Like I'm one of those guys. I don't eat chips. I don't eat popcorn. I rarely eat chocolate because I just will like know that I just will want more. So I just don't even start, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a deeply rooted like control thing or like lack of control so yeah that's a thing that i have to admit is when i see a schnitzel stand i will eat a schnitzel <laughs> cover it with mustard and ketchup in our modern day she would then start a tiktok channel all about the schnitzel diet and she'd make six figures <laughs> yeah. telling people that if they just eat schnitzel they'll lose two pounds a month so well that's i mean that's a good point we're talking about mental freedom and how important that is there will be times when you don't have control of your environment, like when you're traveling, and you do have to develop systems. Otherwise, your environment just kind of grinds on you, right? Like if you, we were on enough flights, and in the flights, you get a coffee on the way, or you get, there's a lot of, like I said, bread croissants, and your diet starts to be compromised, and that compromises your lifestyle, and it starts to all go to your psyche, right? Mm. Secondly, like you said, Knowing these things like, oh, I shouldn't have certain foods in my house. I'm the exact same way. I don't have chips. I don't have ice cream. I don't have all this stuff in my house because when it's there, it's all of a sudden in my face and I'm eating it. And I don't want to. I don't think about it. But if it's in my room, if it's in the, like, the cupboard or the freezer, it calls to me in the night. I'll wake up and I'll just have this cold sweat. And the fridge will be like, you know what's in me. I got some delicious treats. I'm like, go away, right? So I knew that at an early age and I just stopped like buying those things when I would go grocery shopping. But then when I got blessed, then my wife is like, well, I like these things. So now we have the system where she hides stuff and then every once in a while I'll stumble into it and I'll eat it. But for the most part, like this is the same with your phones. If there's certain apps that mess with you, get rid of your phones, right? We know so many people that are like, oh, I, I always waste so much time on Instagram. Get rid of it. <laughs> What's it giving you? Like, why do you feel like you owe Instagram something by letting it be on your phone and take up phone real estate and then take your time, take time real estate? You have to be super intentional. And so I would say most people don't live traveling lives. So maybe that might not apply so much. But if mental freedom is your priority, then you have to kind of manipulate circumstances to incorporate the habits that you want to have. Right? Like if you struggle with food stuff, don't let that food in your house. Why would you do that to yourself? Why try to play that game? Why not hack the game by making it impossible to eat certain foods because they're just not allowed in your house? Yeah? Yeah. I've seen just back to the Instagram thing. It's been like insidiously coming up every time we do a workshop, every single time. It's such a common thing amongst people because we talk about addiction. We give a talk about addiction being changing our perspective of addiction, not from crackheads on the street, like dying of, <laughs> right, of being too skinny or whatever, but actually addiction is more prevalent in our lives to some varying degree. Everyone has an addiction to some extent. So we do an exercise in our workshops of identifying certain addictions that we have. And it's interesting 
the things people come up with, but one that keeps coming up is phone addiction. Like across the board, men, women, porn addicts, non-addicts, everybody has some addiction to social media, especially. And I just want to say, like, I've seen some really, really great strides in some of the people that, that I'm mentoring in the Ascend program from doing a complete detox from all the social media. And the reason I think it's powerful is because, just like you said, the mental process that people go through to quit social media is very similar to the mental process you have to go through to quit porn. Because when you do say like, oh, you should give up Instagram, for example, then immediately all the reasons why I can't do that come up, start to service. Like, oh, I need it because it's stress relief or it's anxiety, it's mood regulation, or I don't know what to do when I'm bored, or it's impossible to quit Instagram because it's just so interesting, or I need to keep up with my friends. Like all of these micro justifications or reasons come up, which are valid, like small benefits. But if you look at the picture of like, actually, honestly, look at how much time you're spending on social media, even YouTube, to be honest, it's disproportionately not healthy and unproductive. So I usually say like, just do it for a week. Just go cold turkey everything for a week and see how you feel and just assess how do I feel. And you probably will feel anxious, like I'm bored and I don't know what to do. And I have nothing to do because usually when I'm bored or stressed, I go to my phone. And that's a really important time to assess, like, why am I feeling this way? And instead of taking out Instagram, the app, you can take out your notes app instead, Mm -hmm. like as an alternative and be like, I feel really bored and anxious and it's uncomfortable. Why do I feel like this? And just like reflect and then think, who can I talk to about? Who can I share about this? Like think of the infinite number of things that are way, way, way more productive to do with boredom or stress or anxiety than whipping out our phone, right? Anyways, I'm saying this because it's such a prevalent thing that keeps coming up over and over every time we do a workshop, right? It's really amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, you can see the battle. I think it's pretty clear with something like social media and with food. These are great examples mm-hmm. that you have a little child inside of you and you have a grown up inside of you. And they're constantly at war with each other. They're wrestling each other. And the little kid will, you can tell, if we were to say right now, eliminate all social media from your phone, the little kid will be like, but, but it's that, but coming up with all these justifications of why you need it. And you don't need it at all, right? But it's fun, but I need it, but that's how I connect. And like, okay, but what are you sacrificing by having them on your phone? And this doesn't apply to everybody equally, right? But same thing with junk food. It's like, just stop eating junk food. And it's like, but, but I, I like it. And it's fun. Like, it's the little kid inside of you. And so I think it's very healthy to challenge that little kid inside of you, especially if you want to make changes. And we're talking about mental freedom. Again, I want to bring it back to the point here. But mental freedom is letting the adult be in control. But also, you need to have fun. We need to, you know... Having dessert isn't a bad thing at all in moderation, right? But I just heard a stat that we eat 400 times the amount of sugar that we did 100 years ago. So we're letting the little kid take over (laughs) in our society. And in terms of porn, like unbelievable amounts of imagery that we were never meant to process. And it's just feeding the little kid. I want to watch more. I want to watch. I don't want to stop, right? So if you can look at these areas in your life that you feel like you have no control over, you don't have freedom in this area of your life, and then you start to make rules for yourself, watch that little kid show up. He's going to come kicking and screaming so fast. Maybe not at first. Maybe you'll be really inspired and be like, yeah, I'm going to completely get rid of all my social media on my phone. And you feel really good. 
that little kid will come maybe day two or maybe day three where it's like, but I want to go to the bathroom. What am I supposed to do when I'm on the toilet? Right? And that's when you challenge them. You don't, you can hug them or her, whatever your little child is. And you can, you know, just make fun of them or, but ultimately you need to learn how to be your own parent. Because little kids are really smart and you have your own little kid inside of you. Little kids are very clever at getting what they want. Manipulative. They can be. They can try. But you're also meant to be smarter than a little kid <laughs> and more emotionally in control. So same with yourself. You'll see this thing. And the reason why I want to I just mentioned quickly that the reason why I think this is so important to have mental freedom, I think it's the number one trait that we all need right now is mental clarity. Because even your spiritual life depends on how much you prioritize it, which is a mental exercise. You know, take time to pray or get out into nature unless you catch yourself being stressed out or whatever, and then make the time to go. I did that last night. It was funny. Great example. Last night, my kids got home from school. We ate dinner, and then they were playing around in their room, playing cars, reading, whatever. I was like, hey, let's go to the creek. It's a beautiful night. We live right by this beautiful creek. And they're like, no. And I was like, yeah. They're like, no. I was like, guys, we got to get out of the house. They're like, but I don't want to, especially my oldest. She's like, I don't want to. It was really resisting. I was like, look, this is what we're doing. We need to do it as a family. We need to get out into nature. Eventually, we got out. We were like five seconds out the door, and they were having the time of their life. And then they didn't want to come home. We were out for two hours. Until the sun set, we were out having such a great time. And I talked to him. I was like, hey. You were the one who didn't want to leave and you were having the best time. And he's like, yeah, it's funny how sometimes we don't want to do stuff. But then after we start doing it, we want to just like showers. And I was like, yeah, exactly. So that's us. It's, of course, our kids. And you will see that when you have kids. But before that, the little kid inside of you, it's like, I don't want to go to the gym. And then all of a sudden you have a great workout and boom, you feel fantastic. Nice. Oh yeah, sorry, back to the mental freedom is we're living in a time when so many things are changing. And I heard, to me, one of the best thought leaders out there, he's this guy that started, he helped to start Ethereum, and then he started his own crypto, but more than crypto tokens and like that stuff, mm -hmm. more just creating the infrastructure for us to have an international database, right? Like blockchain. And so this guy was talking about the four technologies that are going to change this century and that are going to define our era. And he, basically the conclusion was, at the end of the century, we're going to have the means to completely radically change how we live in this world from curing cancer in a second, because we'll have the genetic technology to kind of change how your cells interact with cancer to basically beat it up and kick it out, right? And it'll have like, on this level, we'll have this type of technology available to us, but it depends on who's controlling this technology because we can use it for way evil stuff like genetic modifying, genetically modifying humans, like changing them to become superhumans to kill or that we can all get an upgrade and become super smart and heal the world and solve all of our problems. But the people who are in control of these decisions of who gets access to these technologies will define who, like the, he was talking about the next thousand years which is a biblical concept, but this guy's completely not a believer. He was talking about the Roman Empire lasted a thousand years. So imagine like if we have our wits about us, if we can have the mental faculties within our reach to like make good decisions in our personal lives, 
We will make good community-based decisions. We will elect good people into office. We'll create the policies that will be beneficial to humanity. But otherwise, we'll keep on worldwide. This is not a pointed political statement. It's just the truth that right now the world is creating political monsters because we ourselves are too caught up in fear and anxiety and all this stuff. So we elect bad people. It's just like somebody who's stressed out will end up inviting the wrong people into their lives. Like somebody who's used to being abused by themselves will let an abusive person into their life. Hmm. And we're doing this en masse where we're inviting terrible leadership into our communities and societies because we're so used to being dysfunctional and abusive to ourselves. And if we stop this process and we heal our emotions, our spirit, and have the bend within our mind, we will stop this process and we will become leaders ourselves and we won't settle for bad leadership in our societies. And then these tools that are coming to us faster than we can imagine will be used for healing the planet, healing ourselves. But otherwise, we're going to use them to enslave ourselves like our phones. Yeah, We use our phones to enslave ourselves. So... What makes us think that AI is going to be any different or nanotech or any of this stuff is it's all going to enslave us unless we stop the process of being enslaved by it. But we're doing it willingly, willingly. Hey, if you're getting something good from this episode, you will probably really enjoy our other podcast, The Blessed Couple Podcast, where we talk about how to create a smashing marriage and experience God in the process. And yes, we talk a lot about sex. We have incredible guest speakers that I think you're going to really love. All you have to do is search for Blessed Couple Podcast on your favorite podcast player, or just click the link in the description of this episode. Thanks. Back to the show. I almost think it's not necessarily a matter of how much mental, like it's making decisions, good decisions when they count, but it's also being a person that makes good decisions. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like being a person that when it counts, that's the decision they'll make. Not like, oh, let me take a second to think about this and pray about it. And then, and I was thinking about this a lot today because last night I was just talking with my son, Kojin, and he said, we're talking about this addictions and everything. We're talking about this, right? Making good decisions. And he said that last week in his class, one of the girls told him that she's in love with him. <laughs> Coach is eight years old. And this girl is probably seven or six or something. And I was like, oh, what do you say? And he was like, okay. <laughs> and that was it, right? And I was like, well, how did you feel? And he was like, nothing. And I was like, it's easy to make a decision when you feel nothing. But imagine you're a teenager and you also have feelings for her. That's when the true, your true nature will be tested. That's yeah. when your strength will be tested. And so I told him, like, it's not about making good decisions. It's about being a person that always makes good decisions. And that's the person you strive to be. And that's based on what you want. And so I asked him, I was like, well, what do you want? Right? Of course, he doesn't really know. He's figuring it out. But I'm trying to open the space for him to be clear about, like, okay, I want to find a partner that we can share genuine love and connection with that is not based in superficial like oh i love you like a prince or princess type of thing which is kind of what little kids are fueled by it's like <laughs> i'm in love with you really <laughs> like you're six <laughs> come on but anyways i was just thinking about that it's i want to be someone that makes good decisions because of who i am and not because of what someone tells me is the right decision you know what i'm saying and i want my kids to be like that too i want my son to make the decision not based in fear of disappointing his parents 
or what others will judge him by, but based on his character and who he is as a man. Yeah. When you're clear, it becomes very clear. Like, let's say when you have a real strong, clear relationship with yourself, you love yourself, you know your limitations, but you also know what you want and what you're capable of. And then somebody comes into your life and they're like a bulldozer. They step on you, they hurt you, they abuse you in one shape or another. And it just is very clear. And you're like, stop it. This is not in line with like, imagine your whole life, like you have a home that's beautiful, it's clean. You've invested a lot of yourself into it. You have a career that's going really well. You have a spiritual life that really fulfills you. And then you go out and there's somebody's like, hey, you want to do heroin? And you're like, not even close. Like there's no way possible that that world could fit into your world. It's very clear. But when you're in a state of chaos, it's very easy to introduce bad ideas because you don't know good ideas from bad ideas because you don't know up from down. You're all discombobulated, right? And that's exactly, I hate to rag on the Mongolians because I love them, but that's what Genghis Khan did to conquer nations is he would create discord. He would send people into these like villages. Imagine a village is just minding their own business. And then there's a bunch of guys in these horses that come and say, oh my God, the Mongolians are coming and they're so scary. And they kill everybody with just one arrow. And they like just wreak havoc. They create so much fear. And what happens in that village is that everybody starts fighting because they're all panic stricken, right? And then by the time the Mongolians come, they haven't amassed an army. They've just, they've created chaos. So it's so easy to pick them off one by one. And so they would do this town by town by town by town. They got really effective at it. And that's happening too with the news, with social media, is all of this chaos around us makes us have bad judgment because we're in a state of internal chaos. And if you don't know how to deal with this clearly, with a clear mind and a clear heart, you will fall prey to bad decisions on a personal level. And if you have enough people doing that, then on a societal level, you have people making terrible decisions because they're discombobulated. So having mental freedom allows you the opportunity to make good decisions on a personal level for your family, for your community. And if you start to rise to the level of leadership, let's say in your company, let's say in politics or whatever, then you will have a sober mind. But essentially... If imagine you had like a leader of a company who is an alcoholic, they're not going to be a reliable leader because they have this addiction. But if you think about it, most leaders are addicted to some sort of emotion like negativity, ego, whatever it is. They're so addicted that they're also making bad decisions because they're not sober. They're completely obsessed with like Lord of the Rings was all about that obsession with they didn't nobody was sober, right? And even Frodo, he would make terrible decisions when he was obsessing because he lost control of himself. He had to gain sober minds, and that's by him having his buddies and good able figures in his life who are like, wake up, man. And he'd be like, oh, snap. And he'd get a sober mind. And that's all of us. And so obviously porn is a huge intoxicant, right? It's something that completely controls us and we lose sobriety. But same with social media, same with hanging out with the wrong people. We talk to people in Europe who are completely obsessed with the news and they're like, I don't know why I watch the news. I always get depressed. Mm. They never tell the whole story. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, that's your addiction. You're addicted to the drama 
that they're presenting you, right? Yeah. So in that state, you don't have a sober mind and you cannot make good decisions, period. Yeah. And this is not only like where we come from, but as a people, if we don't consciously, one by one, that's why high noon is so important. And the people, all of you who are doing this work in the trenches, you're creating a new way of living where you become conscious of everything that goes into your eyes and ears and you measure it based on, is this taking me closer to a sober, clear mind to making good decisions based on my North Star goal or not? And without that, it's just chaos. It's just a ton of chaos. Yeah, and we feel you guys. I mean, it's easy to be here and say, like, don't do this. <laughs> don't watch the news. Don't be on social media. Don't get on YouTube. But it's hard. That's probably my greatest foe myself is like, we do these workshops and we always have these group discussions with brothers and sisters separate. And we ask, what is your most proudest accomplishment? And what are you most ashamed of? Right. And I always share on my, cause I'm facilitating this group, I'm leading it, but I always share my thing. And I always think like, what am I most ashamed of? And it's the same stuff that you guys are battling with, right? It's literally like, I believe that the internet, social media is 99% absolute evil. I believe that. And I will make a really hard case as to why that's true, but I still use it. You know what I'm saying? When I'm not in a good place, I still have YouTube, the app on my phone, even though I've been through processes of be like, I think this is absolutely evil, at least the way that I'm using it. And I tell myself it's like educational, I'm learning stuff, but then I actually am honest with myself. I realize it's probably less than 2% of the time. It's actually <laughs> life changing. It's mostly just not mind numbing, scrolling, whatever. So yeah, we're, we're giving this stuff out. And that's like the thing that I'm trying to gain control over, but also figure out why do I have this desire to escape in the first place? And I think that's the direction that High Noon's going is it's not about porn. It's not about masturbation. It's not about what kind of anime you watch or whatever. It's like you have a desire to escape, an addiction to escapism. And porn happens to be one of the greatest forms of escapism that we can imagine that is not expensive and that does not cause physical apparent damages, right? And it doesn't, anyways, it's like, it's the perfect drug as we talk about, but it's just an ultimate escape. So figuring out like at the micro level, why is it that I go to my phone or why is it that I eat junk food or why is it that I get frustrated or angry when I'm driving and noticing that and getting better at identifying it? And that's what we do in Ascend in the program. Like we started this quarter doing daily freaking check-ins with all the participants. Like, how are you doing today? Not about sexual integrity only, but like, how are you doing internally? What is the internal state of you? How are you feeling? And let me know how you're feeling and let yourself be seen and let yourself share your micro mistakes and micro decisions that lead people to wanting to watch porn and masturbate. But let's figure out that. And it's really amazing how many, like, I don't think we can count the amount of people that have had truly, truly transform, transformative experiences this quarter, as opposed to last quarter or quarters before, not because we're better, I think, but because people are more diligently daily, every single day, checking in with themselves and understanding that this is not a porn issue. It's an escapism issue. Why do I have this tendency to want to, to be alone after a social event, right? Or like after a workshop, sometimes after workshops, people have this intense desire to act out, right? And it's not a judgment, but it's like, okay, why? Figure that out. Let's talk about that. And we have no judgment or anything, but that's a really important question to ask yourself. Yeah. But I think what people get tripped up is they make mistakes. They take one step back and they feel they have not made any progress and all is lost. And they might as well just stay there or go back to the bottom of the mountain. But in reality, it's like you took one step back, but you took two steps forward in the last few months. 
where's that celebration, right? Where's that progress? Yeah. So this is the idea that this quarter has been way different for so many people because they were checking in every day. That's just the new standard that we have in our Ascend program. It's just honestly the idea of like checking in with yourself and making decisions based off of the data that's coming in. Because if you only review your life once a year on New Year's Eve, that's a disaster, <laughs> obviously. But if you, let's say you do it monthly, that's still too infrequent to really see the patterns in your life and to make adjustments. So the idea of having somebody in your life, and we offer it for free because that's what we do, but to have somebody in your life, it doesn't have to be us, that you can report to every day is so helpful to be like, yeah, what did I do today? And did I deviate from the plan? And how can I get better at life tomorrow? It's such a basic fundamental skill that we're all meant to participate in. Yeah. All systems do that. All systems get better at life. That's evolution, right? But like in the principle, it says that this personal like character growth and spiritual growth is optional. And what that looks like is taking ownership, taking stock of your actions, of your thoughts, of your feelings, and trying to get better at it every single day. And it can be exhausting at times, but it's always worth it because you're on this trajectory to being more fulfilled in your life. And you can, when you get to a certain place, it's just like last week for the entire week, I was just elated with everything. Every like bite of food, every conversation I had, I was just tickled by life. And this is the result of many years of work because I'm a very judgmental, pessimistic person. I don't know by nature, but that's kind of my upbringing. And I've been reorienting myself. I still deal with it, but Last week, I just had a week where the entire week I was just cloud nine. I don't know. It was amazing. So, and that's with all the stresses of life, but they weren't impacting me because I'm just learning how to deal with it. And that's, there's always something to work on. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. There's always something to improve in your life. And anyway, we wanted to really focus on the mental aspect because a clear mind provides the space for a clear heart and it allows you the opportunity to kind of know what's aligns with you. But if you don't have that, if you don't take the time to declutter your mind, your thinking, then life is going to be kind of drudgery, to be honest. So yeah, we're here for you to help you unclutter, declutter, and to gain clarity mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. That's what we live for. So if you need anything, reach out to us. Yeah, bonge. That's it. That's good. What did you do last week that was helpful? Anything? A bunch of stuff. I got a new gadget, this thing. This is crazy. Avengers teleportation. It entrains your nervous system to, there's different, in the app, there's different, it vibrates basically. And you can calm yourself down. You can, it helps. I bought it for sleep and it's been helping me sleep really well. It's like, anyway, maybe we'll talk about it a lot later, but it, it's a device. And I've tried a bunch of different devices. I've tried different nutritional supplements, different diets, all because I'm intentionally trying to get better at living life. And so sometimes that's gadgetry, this thing that if you're not, if you're just listening, it's like a bracelet that I bought. It trains your nervous system to do what you want it to, to react to your environment the way that you choose to, instead of by the signals that your environment's giving. It's pretty cool. So it's a part of my bionic biohacking, which is cool. So anyway, yeah. Guys, just stay tuned. Stay with us. Stay with yourself. Keep at it. And let us know if you need any help because we will help. We're happy to help. Okay? Nice. 
Adiós, muchachos y muchachas. Sí, sí. Hey, everybody, Andrew Love here. And I just wanted to let you know that we have completely revamped our offering known as the Ascend Program. Now, if you've been with us for a while, you know that the Ascend Program has been our flagship porn recovery program for years. And we've added a lot of content. We've tweaked things here and there. But recently, we've completely done an overhaul in terms of our approach to recovery. And here's why. You see, originally we tried to appeal to everybody and we just let everybody come in. Anybody who said that they wanted to tackle porn, we just let them join. And there's a very low barrier of entry. But what we found was that a lot of people who thought they were ready to tackle their porn addiction or who kind of wanted to, they didn't always show up in the best way and they in many cases brought the group dynamic down and so what we've done is we've made the barrier of entry a little higher and in turn we've made our offering much more powerful let me explain so when you sign up now there is a small fee for everybody to sign up but you get that money back once you finish that quarter it's in kind of an escrow as a challenge for you to take your time more seriously because if you put money into something and you're only going to get it back out if you really try if you really attend your classes if you really do all the work then guess what your motivation to do that work is much higher so that's the first thing. Second thing is we are, of course, offering our weekly call groups as a part of the Ascend program. So you'll have your group that you meet with every single week, and that's super important. But in addition to that, you're going to get daily accountability. You'll be able to message with somebody every single day in order to stay on track with your North Star goal. And more than that, every quarter you get two one-on-one -on -one calls with a high noon staff. That is a one-on-one -on -one call where we do a deep dive into where you're at and where you're going. And we help you to diagnose precisely what actions will be most useful for your time, for your energy, so that you can get the biggest results for your energy spent. So we are doing our best here at High Moon to make sure that you grow the most in the shortest amount of time. It's all a part of our new roadmap that we've created. Anyway, we've been doing this for a while, but we're always getting better and better. And this quarter, first quarter in 2023 is going to be monumental. So please sign up for this Ascend program. Take it super seriously and just watch what happens. Watch how your life transforms in a short period of time.